Life Audio. All right, you guys, welcome back to How to Study the Bible. This is so exciting to get to be together, and I'm loving the series that we're in. But today we're going to take a little break. In between here, we've moved through the stories of Jesus, and we're going into the book of Hebrews. But in between, I'm so excited to have a guest on the show today. It's Sandy Silverthorne, and I am really, really looking forward to this conversation. Sandy, welcome to the show. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Thank you so much, Nicole. And what a what a great ministry you have. And I just love the, the way you're kind of working your way through the word. And thank you for having me. Of course. Well, I want to let our listeners and viewers get to know you a little bit, Sandy. So I know a little bit about you because I was on your website looking for your books and realized that I have at least five or six of them on my bookshelf. I've the mom of three children. They're older now. They're teenagers. But I was like, all of these books that Sandy's written, I didn't even know that they were already on my bookshelf. So um, you are an illustrator and a pastor and an author, and your books have reached over half a million of people in print. I want to know, like, tell me about your passion for what you write and draw. Thank you so much. I just, ever since, I don't know, I guess when I was in my mid early 20s, I was working with young people. This At this point, it was more high school people. And then as I've gotten a little bit older, God just really clearly directed me into children, maybe 5 to 10 or 12 years old. And I think it has to do with 
you know, I never, it just kind of happened. You know how that happens. <laughs> it All is. Of a sudden, like when I was a pastor, I was an associate pastor and my official title was pastoral care. So I'm taking care of adults or not taking care of them, but meeting with them and praying with them and anything I could do. But I always ended up speaking to the young kids. It wasn't part of my official job description, but it just came naturally to me. My daughter, who's grown now, when I'm off to speak to either kids at a church or at a camp, you know, five to 10 year olds, she says, have fun with your peers today. So she <laughs> understands I've got this kind of childlike thing going on. I'm not sure she means that as a compliment. But, <laughs> so I, I just have always had this kind of childlike faith. And there's something about children, their innocence, their trust. I truly believe that that's why Jesus said that we need to become childlike to inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, obviously, we need to receive Jesus and start a relationship with him. But quite often that comes from an innocent, trusting relationship with him. And that's why I love speaking to kids. And as a result, I've ended up writing to kids, too, because you don't have to you just lay it out, you know, in kid <laughs> language, and they go, "Oh, I never knew that before. That's great." And 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 but at the same time, it's quite a responsibility too, because absolutely these are seeds being planted that could be not only lifetime but eternal. And I try not to think about this part too much because then I get scared, you know, at the keyboard. I go, oh, "I'm scared. I'm going to write something," but but it is a responsibility. So I. When I'm doing either speaking or writing, I'm checking and making sure, you know, I'm, I, if I have an opinion, I'll say it. I'll say, now this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. But, but I, but it's just such a privilege to be able not only speak to kids, but to be able to write to them. And I'm honored that you have some of my books already. That's so, <laughs> I do. Well, I'd love to. I mean, you, you are quite a prolific writer. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. I'd love to know about, kind of your creative process, like how do you decide what you're to write? And you can, you know, tell us a little bit about this recent project that we're going to talk about today. Okay, that's great. I'm like many writers, I have like three or four things, at least in my mind going on. And in the, with this particular book, I have a wonderful publisher, it's Baker Books, and then I'm, it's a division of that Ravel. And I just love them there. And they just do such a great job. And so I am now going to them first with an idea. So I may go to them with three or four ideas. Oh, yeah. They might take three of them. Go, okay, thank you very much, Sandy. I don't think so. But then there, there will be <laughs> one that they like. <laughs> I did several joke books for them, which was just a ball. Just fun joke books, just kind of. I think those are some of the books that are on my shelf. The fun joke That's books are. Good. But I'm like, where did your, where did it, where was the idea that you were like, you know what I need to do? I need to re write a fun joke book. Like, is it? <laughs> I, I actually, here's what happened. I talked to somebody in publishing and they said, you should consider a joke book. Well, I've always avoided it because I thought, how do I come up with 400 jokes? And then I started investigating it, realized it's about the same 400 jokes cycling around to all the books. So it's not as hard as it looks. So I, I actually went back to this person who'd suggested it with a proposal is what you do when you have a new book idea. Isn't it? Uh, well, you know that because you've done that. Yeah. So I went with the proposal and they 
they changed their mind kind of. They weren't really all that interested in it. So I gave it to my agent, Nick Harrison, and he gave it to Ravel. And he gave it to him on a Monday. And I think on Wednesday, they were saying, yeah, we really want to do it. It wasn't official, but they said, yeah, we really want to do this. And I don't know, a few weeks later, we actually got a contract. So, and then all of a sudden you go, oh my gosh. And those of you guys who are not, yeah, if you're not in publishing, that literally what what just was described there is like a miracle. That's not not the way publishing works. You don't hear back two days later. So apparently they Uh, loved your joke idea. (laughs) And I think it was just the perfect time. It was totally the Lord because like I said, we gave it to him on Monday and literally on Wednesday, we got a positive call back. Now, it wasn't official, but it looked good. And you're right. This is this is not I'm a complete idiot. God has to take me every step of the way <laughs> or it's never going to happen. <laughs> All right. So you wrote the joke books. Yeah. Ended up doing five of them. So wow. not only did I have 400 jokes, I had to come up with 2,000, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, and those did, those did really well. And so I was speaking at a camp every summer. I speak at a camp here in Eugene, Camp Harlow. There's about three or 400, well, not three, maybe two, two or 300 kids between ages five and 10. Wow. And after I speak, it's this beautiful amphitheater, the trees, it's just beautiful. After I speak, almost always, three or four kids will come up and say, my nickname out there is Sandman. Sandman, you know, (laughs) who created God or will there be animals in heaven or whatever? And I start, and I don't know why, but all of a sudden I went, I think this could be a book. Mm. So again... And talking about that, we gave it to Ravel, and it took a long time. It wasn't the Monday through Wednesday thing. It took a few months, I think. In fact, they actually had, they said, we like the idea, but we need some changes. And would you do this? Would you add this? And and, and then I offered to illustrate it, which I always think is a good thing. Yeah. And then they went for it, and they we've just had a ball putting it together. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I just got to do a quick review of the book and was just loved the the range of questions that are in the book. And I, I'm i so glad to hear the story because I'm like, these are actual kid questions. These are not just an adult who's trying to think like a kid because, you know, you ask about did God make mosquitoes or like, why did God make mosquitoes? But also, how does God hear all of our prayers at once? Like, that's a wide range, you know, of <laughs> topic, which is is just like a child. And to connect to what you said about our faith, like just the idea that God delights in and welcomes our wide range of questions, you know, spoken in faith and asked in faith. So I thought it'd be fun because I think that so many questions that kids pose are questions that adults have, but maybe they think they're supposed to already know the answer or they posture a little bit behind knowledge or whatever. So I just thought it'd be fun if we talked about a few of those questions from your book today as our Bible study. Would that be okay? Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to do that. Uh, full disclosure, two two full disclosures. One is <laughs> whenever I write a children's book, I always keep the parents in mind too. Because uh-huh. yeah. very, very early on, I had friends that were new believers that would have one of my children's books and I remember one wife especially said, I'm learning a lot reading your book. Yeah. So that always stuck with me. So hopefully parents are learning from this too. And then the other full disclosure is 
I did have to come up with a few of these questions because we have 101 <laughs> of them. <laughs> I should so, have given you I should have given you that pass that I knew you had to come up with some of them. But I also knew yeah. you're a you're an author who's in touch, right, with like what is in the heart of a child. And that's a big deal. And maybe what's in the heart of a lot of adults as well. So okay, yeah. so let's answer that question. How does God hear all our prayers at once? How did you answer? I, I wanna know, but what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> this was really fun for me, too, because I learned a lot while I was researching this. I had about five or six months to put it together. But that, to me, that's that's a great question. If you ever saw the movie, was it Bruce? Uh, no. Yeah, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. And everybody's praying at once, and he's trying to figure out how to do that. But what I answered is, I think I said, God isn't just a superman. Mm. I think we try to figure him out, but he is so big, and I do know I said this, that he even created time. And that's mind-boggling to me. Somehow I can get that he created the mountains and the ocean and all these physical things. But the fact that God created time, that he's outside of time, so he's not limited by it, Is I still it? don't completely understand how he does it. But when you're that big and you're outside of time, in fact, you created it, then you can... Sit down, just like Jesus did, sit down eye to eye with every single person who's praying with you. And I think that's one of those ones we'll never know the complete answer until we're up there in heaven. But knowing that he created time helps understand that he's not limited by that. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org study. Again, that's give.cru.org study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Oh, and I love that. I love that connection to because he's not limited by time. It's as if he's sitting down face to face with every one of us as we pray. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Okay. You ready for question two? Actually, it's question number 83. It's actually question number 83. (laughs) So right. I'm sure you remember exactly what question number 83. Just kidding. <laughs> I never. I don't remember anything I've ever written in any book. People will like give me a quote from a book. I'm like, did I write that? I don't remember writing that. But You know what? Um, I do the same thing. I don't remember <laughs> writing it and I don't remember drawing the pictures. It's really bizarre. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, that's that's <laughs> something. Well, I'm right with you. So, okay. Why does it, I love this question. Love it. It's such a, it actually is such a deep, deep theological question uh, written for children. Why doesn't God just make all of us follow him? Oh, yeah. I'm not sure why I put that in there, <laughs> but 
Because it's a a great question. It's a tough question, but it's a question. I have middle schoolers ask me that. I have people in pain ask me that. So, you know, my previous, before I was a pastor, I was a therapist. So the spectrum of why people ask that question is deep, right? And, And kids ask it too. So I'd love to know, Sandy, what you, how you, how you tackle that one. You know what? Now that you mention it, I, I'm sure that when I was working with high school students, somebody asked me that question because that one, I think it was in the back of my mind and I put it in there. Yes, yes. Basically, I talk about how when God created the world and put placed Adam and Eve, and I think I even say, or any of us for that matter, in this perfect environment, he then gave them complete free choice of whether to follow him or not. I use the example, kind of a kid example, is can you imagine if you had a, a person in your life, let's say a, a boy or a girl about your age, and they didn't want to be your friend, but their parents made them be your friend, made them play with you, made them hang around. They didn't like you. They didn't want to be with you. Their friendship wouldn't mean very much. And on a grander scale, if God had created us and then demanded we follow him, there would be no real relationship. There would be no choice. And so I kind of get into that, that God loves us enough to give us the choice of whether to follow him or not. And then I think I follow up by saying, and can you imagine how much he loves it when we do choose to follow him? Oh, so good. So good. (laughs) Such Such a simple explanation I've never thought about explaining it the way that you just did, you know, it makes me think of like the neighbor kid, you know, you're like, we would never actually be friends. We only have to be friends because our, yeah, our moms are making us. It's a great way to put it. That's not yeah. really, fr- yeah, it's not friendship, right? And not love really at the end of the day. Mm-mm. Yeah. You're being forced into this thing. And we've all had that, you know, and sometimes yeah. we're the ones too also that, mm-hmm. are, that are needing to do that. But with God, he gives us the complete choice. I love you. I've done everything. Obviously, he's done everything he can to have a relationship with us, but he still leaves it up to us to choose to follow him. So good. I love it. Okay. I'd love to hear from you. What's one question that ended up in the book or two or whatever (laughs) that you were like, this is like that you really had to prayer like prayerfully enter in like it was tough to answer but you wanted to you wanted to try to answer it well i really wanted to share the gospel with the kids uh-huh. so i i don't remember the exact name of the the question but it was something in the effect of how did jesus open up the door for me to go to heaven and i laid out and what happened this is funny it's the only time it happened in the whole book i i laid it out and then the next question is I still don't get how that works. So I, I use the illustration of how Jesus took our place, not just on the cross. I always I want to make sure that it wasn't about just the cross, just the torture and the torment he went through. But what he did is he allowed himself for the first time in eternity to be separated from God the Father. That really would be our punishment. If if Jesus never came. We'd spend all eternity separated from the Father, and Jesus did that willingly for us. So I have that one question, how did Jesus open the door? And then I explained it even more on the next page, and I used the illustration of like a a guilty person standing in front of a judge, and the judge is just about to pronounce sentence, and at the very last minute, 
the judge's son comes in and says, hey, I love Sandy so much. I don't want him to have to go to jail. I'd like to take his place. And the judge says, well, someone has to take the punishment. So he sends his son to prison instead of me and I go free. And I hope that makes sense to kids, but that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Oh, my goodness. I I think it will. And that's the, you know, you think about, I love in the Gospels when Jesus is explaining the kingdom of God, and he, he has to just tell like 20 different stories and give us 20 different metaphors because there's nothing on earth that can fully capture it, right? So it's like, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like, you know, you get all of these different is likes. And I think yeah. part of our, the honor of writing and being an author, but also sort of the the part that feels weighty is you're trying to find an earthly metaphor for a spiritual reality that you can't fully, you can't fully connect it. But that one is as, as good as any, right? And, you know, <laughs> I when I've, when I've used the courtroom analogy, I, I've often thought, and you don't just get you don't just go back to neutral. You're like all the way free. Like you like run out of the courtroom. You're not just now you're like the still the guilty one, but you just don't have the punishment. You just you're not guilty at all. You're you're completely free. So I love I love that you used that. So okay, we have just a little bit of time left and we can't end our time together without talking about why did God make mosquitoes? <laughs> How is- I love that question. Um, and I don't, I, I can't remember if a kid asked me that or I just saw it somewhere, but the, I had to research that one because I went, <laughs> I have no clue. I can't stand mosquitoes. <laughs> and I'm thinking, did he do that to test our patience or something? But I found something in my research and this made a ton of sense. And, and again, it, we don't know for sure, but it's just a, an idea. Could it be? That when God created mosquito or created everything, he said it was good, right? Mm -hmm. He created everything. Even mentions crawling insects or or crawling creatures. Yeah. And I, I read somewhere where somebody said, again, we don't know for sure. Could it be that when God created mosquitoes and they were good, they were more like honeybees? They got their nectar and they got their nutrients and all of that from flowers and bushes, and they never bothered people. And could it be that when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, well, we do know that all of nature was affected. Yeah. Suddenly there were hurricanes and wildfires and and heavy big snowstorms and avalanches and things like that that had never happened before. So even the animal kingdom was affected. And again, I don't say this, you know, dogmatically like absolutely, but it is an interesting thing to think about. Could it be that that's when the mosquitoes went bad and started biting people? I think I love the line that I think I wrote in there that said, and perhaps at the beginning, they were a nicer bunch. <laughs> I like I like that. And this is exactly capturing I think the spirit of wonder that oftentimes adults feel like they can't bring to scripture, like it's not okay to dream or imagine or like try to, you know, but I think, again, God invites us to be like children in his kingdom. So yeah, maybe the mosquitoes went bad along with everything else in creation and they too shall be redeemed in the uh, new heavens and the new earth. (laughs) 
oh, I wish I would have put that in there. <laughs> the redeemed mosquitoes. <laughs> Let the rede- redeemed mosquitoes of the Lord say so. Okay, so let's wrap up. I just want to offer you uh, just a moment for any parents listening to this podcast right now. Maybe maybe parents of young children, they're just surviving. They're tired. They 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 don't know if they're doing the right thing. Do you have a word for them since you have such a special relationship with young children? Yep, I do. I just want to say I I understand we've got work maybe, we've got kids running around, we've got crazy schedules. And the other thing is kids are anxious nowadays, much more so than I when I was younger. Kids are anxious, they're even discouraged and depressed, they've been isolated. So there's a lot of hard stuff going on. And then on top of that, you're feeling guilty because, oh, I'm not having my family devotions. Oh, I wish I was more of a spiritual leader, dads and moms. I wish I was giving my kids more of the Bible. But frankly, honestly, I don't really know it much myself. That's one reason I did this book. And I'm not, honestly, I'm not just trying to sell books here, but if it can be helpful for you to just maybe spend a one a day and go through this and give your kids some some fun and scriptural answers to things. And and like Nicole mentioned, maybe it'll even help you. And if you don't know the answer, you know what? Just say, I do this myself. I say, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. Let me check. Maybe I'll talk to a pastor or our neighbor seems to understand his Bible. Let's go talk to him about that. Just be honest. Just keep loving your kids. Give them the real deal. Help them to see that you love the Lord. Even if you don't have all the answers, you love the Lord and you love them. And they're going to grow up just loving you and loving the Lord. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. Okay, you guys, the book is Kids Big Questions for God. It's 101 questions kids ask about God and probably that you parents have the same questions. I can't recommend this more. It has been for me with little kids, having that one page devotion that you can read at night, just a simple, simple rhythm is so helpful and will just open up a whole world for you with your children. So check it out. We've linked it in the show notes. You guys are going to love it. Thank you, Sandy, for gifting us and blessing us with such an incredible conversation. We love having you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Nicole. And God bless you and this important ministry and all of your listeners. Oh, thank you. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.